In this episode, I talk about Ben and Jerry's, an iconic ice cream company. We break down using the strategy simplified framework, whether they're a variable cost or a fixed cost business. And in light of that, what's made them successful over time and what might pose challenges to their business model going forward. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Today, we're going to talk about one of the world's most loved ice cream brands, Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's is an iconic and interesting company, and we're going to talk about four things related to the company. First of all, we're going to talk about their history, how they got started, and how they became what they are today. Then we're going to talk about the business model that drove some of that historical success. Third, we're going to talk about what makes somebody with that kind of business model successful and what Ben and Jerry's did right so far. And then finally, we're going to talk about the next season of Ben and Jerry's, what could be threats or challenges to their business based on some of these highlights. So without further ado, let's dive in. Ben and Jerry's was started in 1978. And Ben and Jerry's began as a premium and in many ways, idealistic company that focused on super high quality ice cream sourced from producers in their key location in Vermont. And Ben and Jerry's built out a large network of self-owned stores where they scooped their ice cream. Some of their most famous scooping happens on their free cone day, which is usually on or around Earth Day in April every year. And Ben and Jerry's really developed a strategy to go direct to consumer. Uh, In addition, Ben and Jerry's built somewhat of a off-the-shelf presence where they sold through grocery stores and other places in the pint-sized format. So Ben and Jerry's became an attractive candidate for a takeover in the 1990s and was purchased by Unilever in 2000. After that, Ben and Jerry exited the active management of the company and it became a wholly owned subsidiary of Unilever. When we're going to look in just a minute at the business model, we only have data from when Ben and Jerry's was public pre-Unilever. And so you'll see some of the numbers that bear out what their business business model was, but we can't actually break them out as of today because it's now a private version of a larger organization. Overall, Ben & Jerry's has a simple core business model. And when we look at Strategy Simplified, the first thing that we ask is, is this a business model driven by variable cost, where you have an incremental cost for each unit produced or sold? And in contrast, is it a fixed cost business? Both are present in all businesses. You have variable and fixed cost in both businesses. But usually you'll have over 50% and and largely over 50% of your revenues that are dominated by one or the other of those types of businesses. So in this case, what is Ben & Jerry's? Take a second to think about it. If you said that Ben & Jerry's is a variable cost business, you are right. Ben & Jerry's is a business where each time they produce a pint or a larger session of their ice cream, they are a variable cost business. Now, some of what Unilever was wondering about doing when they purchased the company was about rationalizing or closing down a number of the fixed cost retail channels and focusing on the incremental sales that go through the distribution through their grocery channel. And that has been one of the core strategies of the business like this. So they were moving away from a fixed cost base to something that was even more variable cost focus. But maybe more importantly, let's talk about what makes a business that is variable cost successful. Ben & Jerry's is an amazing example of this. 
to be successful in a variable cost business, you have to have one of two things, if not both. The first is premium pricing power, the ability to price significantly above your costs so that you have significant margin on each individual unit that you sell. The second is the ability to negotiate seriously with your suppliers to get, in this case, milk and chocolate and sugar at a significant discount because of your scale. And then the final thing, which is important for all businesses, whether you're fixed or variable costs, is that you need to obviously be able to produce at a significant enough quantity to pay back at a minimum what your fixed costs happen to be. So Ben and Jerry's did that really successfully from the very beginning. And arguably, their most important piece of management has been maintaining their price premium. Ben and Jerry's over the years has been one of the most expensive pints per size, per ounce of ice cream that you can buy. And the reason that they've done that is that they've invested really heavily in branding and in messaging around the quality of their product. Ben & Jerry's has also, over time, increased the scale of what they've done, and they've improved their negotiating power on the cost side. But if you had to pick between the two elements of their business model, pricing has been the one that they've really emphasized over the years that they've been in business. And a variable cost business that does this successfully, like they have historically, uh, does that really well. What about Ben & Jerry's, however, in the future? The final thing that we're going to talk about is what will make Ben & Jerry's successful going forward. There is a consistent challenge in the consumer foods or consumer packaged goods space, uh, and it has driven a trend that Ben & Jerry's has not been a part of yet, but it might pose a challenge to their business model going forward. If they have rising costs on the cost side, so an increase in the cost of milk or an increase in the cost of sugar or chocolate, and they're not able to drive an incremental price premium, if they're not able to charge instead of $3.99 or $4.99, $5.99 or $6.99 over time for a pint, uh, you have seen some price flattening over the last couple of years for Ben & Jerry. So even though they're able to still maintain a margin, if those costs rise, they might not have the ability to get larger um, dollar amounts for each of the pints. And, and one of the trends that we've seen in the consumer packaged goods space is that what used to be a uh, a two quart or a half gallon container of ice cream now sells for the same amount, but it's 1.75 or 1.5 quarts instead. And that same trend you have not seen Ben and Jerry's take advantage of, but it may be something that they'll have to think about in the future uh, because they will need to shrink their package size in order to make sure that the profit per package or profit per unit really drives the change of the business. Ben & Jerry's does still do a pretty good job of driving margin inside their retail stores, but as retail foot traffic changes and diminishes, it consistently will pose a challenge for them as well. Overall, Ben & Jerry's is a super strong operator, really good at doing what they do in terms of maintaining a price premium. But for a 40 plus year old company to not have the ability to continually increase prices as competition comes in and as people have other choices of pint-sized, good quality frozen yogurt and ice cream, you might see some of these changes create pressure on Ben & Jerry's at some point in the future. 
So now that we've said that they're a variable cost business model, how do you go about confirming that? What if that's your hypothesis? Or what if you said it was fixed cost and you wanted to go check it out one way or the other? Well, we pulled up Ben and Jerry's financial statements because they were purchased by Unilever. The last ones that we have available are from 1998. How's that for a throwback? Ben and Jerry's net sales were $209 million. Um, Their cost of sales, which in this case represents the stuff that goes into producing ice cream, milk, sugar, chocolate, packaging, and in many ways, distribution. The only thing that they actually have under that are selling general and administrative expenses. Um, And then other income or other expenses, which is a super tiny category. So they're basically saying that everything that goes into their business um, is above the gross profit line. And you'll see here that their cost of sales for that $209 million was $136 million. So over 50% of the revenue is cost of sales. Um, Their selling general and administrative cost is only about a half of what their cost of sales is. So um, $136 million was the cost of sales or the variable cost. And then half of that um, is about 63, uh, 63.9, so about $64 million in the SG&A expenses. Um, so again, when we look at it, we look at the numbers versus the top line. So if you see a really high percentage of your revenue going to the cost of sales, that's one indication that it's a high variable cost business. But also we look at the two together. When we add all of the costs together, what percentage dominates? And in this case, the answer remains the same. It's still variable cost. So just to confirm, this is a variable cost business, even in that situation where they were an even more heavily retail focused business, um, they were still a very variable cost oriented business. So we can't break it out exactly like that today, but we can just assume that with that distribution channel through the grocery stores, we would see even more dynamics just like this. If you have questions about this company, Ben and Jerry's, or if you want to do more case studies like this, please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel. We would love to have you along for the ride as we explore company after company and strategy simplified.